edition of The Max. It's Maggie Davis, Jack Pilgrim, and Zach Gagan. Here today, we're doing a new show, but don't worry. Jack is wearing the same shirt as he was wearing every other previous episode. So, Jack, thanks for representing the brand always. Do you ever do laundry? I do, except for this shirt. This is my, this is my go-to Zoom interview uh, polo. Whenever, whenever uh, there is a media opportunity for me, I always have to represent the brand. So... You're welcome. All we are to you, just a media opportunity. That's Every time you're on screen, it's a media opportunity. I am an opportunist. Yes. Men are so lucky. You can just wear the same clothes over and over and over again. If I repeat a shirt, someone's going to tweet me and be like, didn't you already wear that? <laughs> I thought you did wear that one, though. No, I have not worn this one. Keep I'm actually you went through past episodes to make sure. Zach has definitely never worn that one before, so that's exciting. Uh, Zach, you also have a new background for us. It looks yes. good. Well, we were going to do, you actually had sent me a J.R. Smith one where he was very, uh, very much doing this. Yes, that was a good one, I thought. Um, but I, I, due to last second uh, circumstances, I decided that Devin Booker was more worthy of, I'm also not sure what Kawhi Leonard was doing here either, other than getting Jade right, right. Today, but... <laughs> Sulking. Sulking. Yes. Well, Devin Booker had a heck of a game last night. Do we want to dive on into the NBA bubble talk? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Zach, start Boom. us off. What did you think of that shot last night by D. Book? That shot was easily the best shot of the bubble so far. Probably the best shot of the season, honestly. I can't think of anything going back to uh, January, February, or whatever. That feels like six and a half years ago. Whatever but, those other months are. <laughs> yeah. So the Booker shot was easy. Like, he even got, he got fouled. Like Paul George swiped him right on the left arm. Like even if he didn't make that shot, he should have got foul shots regardless. But he hit it over Kawhi and Paul George, two of like the three best perimeter defenders in the entire world. So it was pretty awesome. And the Suns are now three zero in the bubble. They're slowly moving up. Uh, the that bottom those bottom five for five six teams in the in the Western Conference. It is getting uh, pretty intense pretty quick. And the NBA uh, said no new coronavirus uh, tests or they were. Zero positive tests for the third straight week, I think. Yes. Yes, More that was exciting news. And I would love to see the Suns take that eighth place spot. I would love to see Devin Booker do that. For his it's team. very clear, though. It's very clear with Jaron Jackson now out for the rest of the bubble. Somebody's going to replace the Memphis Grizzlies. And if there's going to be one person to take it, why not have it be Devin Booker? And it would be Devin Booker. It would barely be the Suns. It would pretty much just be Devin Booker. Yeah. <laughs> It's got, like, yeah. with that Jaron Jackson injury, it's really looking like you got the Blazers who are almost likely to snag that eight seed at this point. And then you've got the Spurs, and the Suns are playing really well. The Kings are not playing well. So it's, it's good. And you have, you have Fat Zion, too. you got to make sure that we you have keep, keep track of him. I'm still not sure what I think of the Pelicans right now. I'm really on the Spurs and the Suns at the moment. So we'll see how I feel in, like, two days, but – well, that's because you're on the Keldon Johnson train, am I right? Yes. yes. Everyone get that Keldon Johnson stock, invest, buy. It's low right Long-term now. Long-term investment. It's very low right now, yes. He's 20 years old, and he's playing sixth, seventh-man minutes right now for a, a team that's looking like they might make the playoffs. So. Yeah. When he got drafted there, I was pretty excited about that because even though I, I didn't know if he'd be able to contribute right away, I mean, that's that's a team where he would have some time to develop. He's under one of the best coaches in the leagues in the league. And, I, you know, I, I think we've started to see that. 
Um, and, and he's playing more than I thought he would be playing at this point. And, and he's looking pretty good. So we'll see. Yeah. You wrote in an article, you think he might be there for, for 15 seasons in the league or something crazy like that. And that is something I did not think was possible, you know, maybe six or eight months ago. But, you know, I, I, could, I could head that direction. I, I, I can see where you're coming from now. Well, it's almost like they had a full off season, you know. Right. Like a lot of these players are coming back and they're looking completely different than they did you know, four or five months ago, because it's they've had a especially Zion. Zion, yeah, I was gonna say Zion, he gained Zion. at least he gained at least three chickens worth in his glut in his gut there. Dude, <laughs> when are, oh, okay, let's let's actually talk about this. Are we worried about Zion at this point, long term? Like yeah. he can't have four months. He can't be off four months in quarantine without you know. Nah, he'll be all right. Ruining his body. I mean, not ruining his body, but I mean. That's telling, I think, as a 20-year-old that he wasn't able this, to, you know. If this is still an issue in, like, two or three years, then yes, he can. But, you know, he hasn't even played a full year in the NBA yet, so it's it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's early right now. But I, I do think there are a few injuries out there. That, and, you know, God forbid if one of those happened to him, I don't know if he would ever be the same Zion that we were expecting that we were going to see for a really long career. That's where I'm more worried about it. I think in the day-to-day, and especially right now, we've seen them really try to limit his minutes. And I think they'll probably continue to do that um, because, you know, just one injury I think could really wipe Zion out. And, and I hope that doesn't happen because, you know, he went to Duke, whatever, boo. But <laughs> I do like watching him play. And, you know. Ooh, we hate Zion. Just kidding. I love Zion. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm seriously rooting for him more than any Duke player in existence. Like, I love the kid covering him, like, as a high school recruit. Nicest dude on the planet. Really good kid. Obviously, you know, superstar talent. That's a kid that you just want to root for and hope can avoid any of those, you know, long-term. I mean, he is six foot six. Let's be real. Six foot six, 280 pounds right now. Like, that body based I mean pure explosion his entire game is dedicated on exploding off his knees and dunking the basketball as we've seen with guys like Derrick Rose you know the most explosive players in NBA history those that rely on you know just that explosive and that that explosion and athleticism long term it becomes an issue for a dude at his weight he has to get it under control I mean there, there's just no other way to put it he has to be able to you know stay thin and maintain that the best way he can or It'll be another what if story, and I, I that's exactly what I don't want to see. And He's that never. is going to be difficult in New Orleans, where it's really easy to eat a lot of rice and beignets and Cajun food, and you know I'm sure they're all over him about that. Indeed, I mean he's averaging a point a minute right now. That's crazy. When he's on the floor, <laughs> he's crazy. He is he's easily the best player on the floor, like nine times out of ten, no matter who else is on there. So. And, and when he does, when he is in the game and he has the ball in his hands, you know exactly what he's doing every single time. He's going to shoot with his left hand right at the rim, and there's not a player that's big enough and quick enough to stop him. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like Len Bowden. He's going to run it every time, and yeah. no one can stop him. Just can't stop it. Can't stop him. And nope. you and you brought up a good point earlier. We've got another week of no positive COVID tests in the bubble. Just another example of Adam Silver and the league doing the work that they need to do to keep us watching basketball every day on our TV. So I was glad to see that news. I hope that all these other leagues are sort of paying attention and can tell like, Hey, maybe this concept of testing a lot and taking all these precautions 
might be what's necessary for us to play sports right now. I think, you know, I don't think the MLB at this point could get their players and teams into a situation like this, but you know, maybe we see something similar with the NFL and, and maybe even with college basketball. And I think it's interesting to see what direction that goes in the next couple of weeks and, you know, and just sort of imagine what that might look like. Jack, I know you had thought a little bit about the potential of a college basketball bubble. What would you think of that? Yeah, I, I actually talked to a parent earlier today who kind of hinted at, I don't know if it was just kind of his gut, what he wanted, uh, but the parent said he wouldn't be surprised at all if there was a college basketball bubble and it was conference by conference base, like one team, one school would host all of the other schools in the conference and kind of run through an entire college basketball season that way. It might, you know, expedite the process. The season might be shorter, but they would be able to get through a season. And I think, you know, when it comes to the college, you know, an NCAA tournament, I think that would probably be the easiest way to do a bubble is, I mean, they already have the regional site set up with all the teams already in their own little, you know, areas. They'd be able to, to you know, bubbleize any, you know, any regional site out there. And, you know, that I, I think at the end of the day, that's definitely what they'll do for the NCAA tournament. And I think there's a quote from the NCAA earlier this week, um, I believe like the vice president of college basketball, something said that if there is safe, if there is basketball being played anywhere in the world right now, safely, he is going to find a way to make sure that college basketball is played. And when they have that level of optimism of, I don't care what happens, we're going to find a way to make it work the same way that the NBA did. That makes me think that the outside, you know, ideas of bubbles and stuff like that, uh, will definitely come into play. So don't, not a done deal yet, but I would not be shocked at all if that's, if that's a route they, they end up taking. Well, I think that route is, is a, a way easier route than to put football teams in a bubble. I mean, obviously college football comes before college basketball, but at this point, I don't know what that's going to look like, especially with, with all the sort of player statements and demands we've seen come out this week. But there's just no way you're putting 100 people from all these different teams in their own bubbles or in one big bubble or even a conference-wide bubble. Like there's just not this space or room or money in college football to dedicate to that. Um, but I think, you know, college basketball is a lot smaller and, and they've got more time for once. Time is actually sort of on their side since they're not starting within the next couple of weeks. And, and I hope they're really using this time to come up with a good plan. Obviously the NBA took their time and the MLB didn't because they argued over salary for so long instead of safety. And, and you can see the difference in result there. And so I hope, even though the situation is going to be way different on, on the college level with, with amateur athletes, I hope that they're realizing this is exactly how we have to do it. Let's figure out a way to execute it. And so let's say they do a college basketball bubble and let's say they do the, the terms where it's conference only. What would be of the 14 cities, what would be the best one for the SEC? I don't think Lexington would be a ideal choice at all. I think you'd probably have to do somewhere like a Gainesville or a college station or something like that. Like, you know, you're probably going to go into one of those hotbed areas, but to make it work, you'd have to get a, a big, I'd probably not even just a college town. It would have to be an, an actual city city, you know? It's, right. Yeah. So yeah. Where, it'd have to be somewhere with, it'd have to be somewhere with hotels you know right next door which uk does have that with you know the hyatt being steps away yeah. from it but you, i mean it's not just about hotel and, and living space it's about uh you, you know just space 
you know, multiple, I mean, you can't fit 14 SEC teams in one hotel. I mean, you'd have to be able, it'd have to be, you know, a, a big college town with, you know, I don't, I don't even know what they do for food, but a way to enclose the area while still having traffic and, you know, normal things. And that, that, I think that would be the biggest logistical issue. The NBA works so well right now in this ESPN wide world of, of sports complex bubble because, I mean, they were able to shut that off from the community. Nobody else is allowed in there. Whereas with this, you know, I mean, it's going to be played right in the middle of, you know, schools being, you know, students on campus and, and people walking around. And, I mean, that that's where the, the issue comes in, I think. But – um, yeah, it'd have to be a big, big college town for sure. I also think you'd have to look at the courts. I mean, the NBA has, Zach, you might know this, like how many courts does the NBA have set up right now? Because they all have to practice somewhere. They, have, they all have to warm up somewhere. They have to play games somewhere. Do you know that two, number? They have two game courts that they play games on. And then they have, you know, practice, like they have practice gyms where they have multiple courts on them. I know at least like there's a couple – arena or little uh, practice facilities that have like four courts on them but in terms of the games i'm pretty sure they only play in two arenas and then they literally just like if there's a game they'll do like a two and a half hour break then another game and that two and a half hours is spent cleaning the entire from what like from what it's just constant cleaning all the time so and i think kind of going back to what we were just saying you know if you're gonna do one of these bubble things would you would you rather take it at like a place like let's say auburn because, uh, you know, Auburn, for the most part down there, is just a college town. Would you rather do it in a place like that, actually, where it's just college, like where you're not, you're not going to have so much outside influence? Because I feel like that's what the NBA, their biggest and only worry, really, because obviously, internally, the bubble is working. The biggest issue, and still the issue that I've had from the beginning, is the people that aren't working for the NBA, or like people that are outside having to come in. So if you're going to do a college basketball bubble like that, you know, a place like Lexington probably wouldn't be good just because even if they have the facilities to do it, there's just a lot of people down there and, you know, you've got school coming back. So I th- there's going to be a lot of uh, scenarios to look at that. And it might, honestly, the best route might be to take it to somewhere like Nashville or somewhere, just somewhere where you can get the most, I guess, hotel space, foot traffic, all that kind of stuff with, it's just, it, there's going to be a lot of uh, back and forth. It, honestly, neither side will probably end up being uh worth it. I, I will I will say though, Maggie, we've seen just how versatile UK is in terms of adding new courts in random freaking places across campus. You know, with a Coach Cal Fantasy Camp, they held it at, you know, they've played games at Rupp. They played it at the Joe Craft Center, both men's and women's court. They added, yeah. you know, random courts into the convention center right next door to it. So, I mean, they, they do have experience of, of adding just a bunch of random courts everywhere throughout campus. So there's at least a, a history there with that. But like Zach, like you said, there's, there's a lot more that goes into just being able to physically host a, you know, actual games. There's a lot more logistics, you know, logistical where they're going to stay. Yeah. You know what they're going to eat, that kind of thing. And to you awesome. credit, they've, you know, they did the, uh, they built that student, the student center, that makeshift student center that they had for a year and a half or whatever. You know, that thing was kind of big. I wonder, could they do something similar where they do a makeshift sort of, where they just, you know, throw up a couple buildings and try and house all these kids together? Like, 
something like that. I think I, like, do something like that. And, and I think even though maybe like Lexington and how UK's campus is set up might not be totally ideal. I think maybe from the SEC's perspective, if, if they have a say in it, and I would assume in this totally make-believe scenario that we've made up that the SEC would have a say in it, they know that UK and the people with the university and within the athletic department know how to handle a spectacle. I mean, if you send this sort of madness to Vandy's campus, the Vandy people are going to be like, basketball <laughs> what <Yeah. laughs> what are we um, doing here and and at UK I mean I think that the community would understand what was going on I think that the infrastructure would be you know willing to sort of adjust as we need it to I think the administrators would be more on board with it because they would understand well if this is what we need to get college basketball done we have the manpower and, and we have the most experience in terms of how do we handle like this this big spectacle and that's pretty much how every UK basketball season is where for a lot of teams in the SEC, they, you know, it, it's just not like that. So I think from like the experience perspective and just from the manpower perspective, maybe UK and, and Lexington in general might be a good fit for that. Even though the town itself is kind of like, well, do you really want them staying downtown or, and driving, to, you know, to campus to play in Memorial? Or do you want, you know, it, it's sort of hard logistically because you don't know where exactly the games would be, where the hotel would be, or if you're, if you're trying to keep it all together, if you're willing to transport them. I mean, I think they could rent a ton of those big blue buses and, and get that taken care of. But then it's like, wait, who's having to drive that bus? And, and have they been exposed? Are they having to quarantine for X amount of weeks, months, however long this would be? And and honestly, we're talking about this, and it's it's sort of a fun hypothetical to think about, but I don't know how you ask amateur athletes to quarantine for weeks and weeks at a time. I mean, I think we've seen that with UK even recently, that the basketball bubble has been working really well. We haven't heard anything negative come out of it. it seemed to be like they were all practicing. No one had tested positive, And then all of a sudden, they're all just going home, and everyone's first reaction is like, wait, why are we letting them out of the bubble? And I understand that because from a basketball fan's perspective, you want them to all continue to test negative and devote their whole life to basketball and stay negative and stay safe and healthy and totally isolated so they can play the season. But then you're like, do we have the right to put 18-year-olds in total isolation for that long? Are we not really going to be okay with them going home to see their families for a week? And, and Jack, you were the one who did the reporting on that. So I'll let you chime in here. But, but what did you think about the decision to send them all home for, for a week or so? Um, so after talking to a, a couple of the parents who I actually talked to, Cameron Fletcher's mom, as she picked Cam up on campus, she actually, I, I called her initially, she, she, you know, two rings and it, and it hung up and she called me right back and she's like, sorry, I was uh, putting Cam's suitcase in the car. We're driving back to St. Louis right now. And I was like, oh, very convenient because I'm actually calling you to figure out why the hell you're even going back to St. Louis right now. <laughs> and the general consensus right now is that things worked so well with the bubble right now. And they've been on, I mean, they've been on campus since June, the weekend of June 26. So, if, you know, over a full month that they've been on campus, things have gone extremely well. Uh, they sealed the bubble completely. No new, you know, cases. Uh, they've been able to ramp up. They went from one-on-one -on -one workouts, you know, actually just guys in the gym by themselves working out, getting shots up to one-on-ones to two-on-twos, three-on-threes, getting, you know, individual work in with coaches, one-on-one -on -one coach, uh, you know, coach time. Things have worked so well with that that Coach Cal reached out to his players and he said, you know what, 
I think you guys deserve a little, you know, before you guys are really on lockdown for the rest of the year, we don't know, like we've been talking about, we don't know what's going to happen, but odds are good. You know, you might be stuck on campus for several months without going back home. You guys deserve a, a one break, a, a one week break, you know, mental health break more than anything uh, where they can go home, see their families, put their you know feet up, relax a little bit, play video games, be kids for a week before coming back and hit, hit the ground running, you know, and resealing the bubble. It might take another week or two to reseal it again, like it did going into it. But, you know, games aren't going to start until November. Camp's still, still several months away. So they have the time to reseal a bubble. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it was an interesting decision, but it's one that I totally understand. If we are arguing right now that these kids aren't robots, they need some time off, I understand Coach Cal's point. Cal Perry. These kids aren't robots. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of initially against the whole leaving the bubble thing. But now that I've settled, simmered down a little bit at the initial news, I, I do understand. I mean, I would have preferred them to not leave at all. And if, you know, if you have to, like the women's team didn't get here until last weekend. So if you, if you want to let them go home again, just don't bring them until later. You know, I understand you got to get all this extra extra time in and stuff like that. But like you just said, Jack, you know, we don't even know if the season's going to start on time, what it's going to look like, what it's going to be. So there's a thousand different moving factors to it. And I guess there's really no point in me trying to uh, figure out why or why not they would do it. Because like you're saying, you know, kids got to go home and they got to be kids a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, if they come back and, you know, two of them bring back the, the, te the or test positive and stuff like that, then it's like, well, you know, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, why would they do that? That, that kind of thing, right? But I, I think they, I would assume they have a pretty good contingency plan in, in place in case something like that were to happen. I mean, I think we even saw that with other teams, not necessarily Kentucky teams, because the football team handled things a little bit differently. But we've seen a lot of schools. I, I think it was Auburn who had them come back, test, quarantine in their rooms for however long it took to get the test back, and then you knew that that person had only really been exposed to themselves and their roommate. And for these basketball players, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they have their own rooms in the lodge. So it, it wouldn't be that hard and it wouldn't be that crazy for them to be able to come in, check back in, get a nose swab on your way in the door and go hang out in your private room and your private bathroom for a couple of days and make sure you're negative. And, and if you are positive, God forbid, then, you know, you, you haven't exposed anyone else on the team and, and you're back and you can start that sort of, 14 day if, if you're pretty asymptomatic or, or the recovery process in general. So I think it's doable. And Jack, I thought you brought up a good point that even if the season starts on time, we're not seeing games for several more months. Uh, I know time is, is kind of an illusion right now, but we do have plenty of time. What day is it again? <laughs> yeah, we do have plenty of time for these guys to go home for a week and come back and, and use another week to, to quarantine or whatever they have to do. So I was kind of like Zach and then at first I was like, what the heck? Why did they let them go home? And now I'm like, okay, that's fair. Like they've got time. Let them see their parents and their friends and, and hang out at home for a couple of days. I hope none of them go to like, you know, a bar, but if they want to just go home and hang out with their families, like I, I'm totally cool with that. And so here's, and if you want to, you know, use like a, something to kind of, I guess, <clears throat> I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for, compare it to really, but the NBA is doing. So what Rondo there was some news that came out today with Rajon Rondo. So he's going to come back into the bubble. And what he has to do to enter the bubble is before he even joins the team or does anything is he has to go, he has to have seven consecutive negative tests in seven days, seven straight negative tests. Then he quarantines by himself for four days. So it's, it's actually like, that's that, 
that's why the NBA is working so well. It's because they're taking it to this extreme like that. So if Calipari really is the golden standard of bubbles or whatever the hell he pretended to say, then that's what that's the type of stuff that they have that he needs to look to as, you know, that that's those are the practices that they need to bring to UK as well. Right. And Calipari is so tuned into the NBA and how they're doing stuff. I, I'm sure Dwayne Peavy is too. And and I don't know who else might be involved in that decision, but I feel like they're on top of things. I, you know, I trust that staff pretty much with everything in me for the most part. So I think, you know, if there's a, a good way to do this, they're going to be on top of figuring out the logistics of it all, because I do think there'll be a lot of really specific things they'll have to get done and, and get done correctly, but I'm not really worried about that sort of process of bringing people back and making sure it doesn't spread from there. You know, I, I trust this team and the staff, and I think we've seen a little bit what can happen if, if the staff isn't involved, and maybe that's because it's a bigger team or they're not practicing as much or there's no way to really put them in a bubble. But, but we saw the news today about Louisville and the positive tests that have shut down all of their athletic practices. Um, you know, that's sort of been allegedly traced back to a party. I don't know if that's been proven or if that's just what people are saying. Um, I don't want to misspeak on that, but there aren't even students back on campus yet. It's just the athletes. And we've already seen that campus really take a second hit. I mean, the first time they, they don't think it was traced to a party or anything, but they've already shut down athletics once. And, and now we're seeing them having to do it again. And to me, that, that doesn't bode well for this sort of trust we're all collectively having to put in to students to just not go out <laughs> and not see people. And, and I think that's fair. I mean, it, it's hard to say, all your friends are doing this, but you can't do this. But at some point there is going to have to be some sort of responsibility and accountability put on them in some way. Right. So I don't know. Speaking of which, I think we wanted to talk about the Eastern story a little bit. Is that right? I mean, yeah. we can sort of run through the treetops of that. Jack, and I know you wanted to talk, talk about this topic. So the floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, last late last night, uh, the EKU, he, I, I thought he was a starting kicker, but actually EKU athletic, I wrote something on it this morning and, and EKU athletics emailed me to, to clarify that he's not the starting kicker, that he's just a kicker on the roster, which How petty. I think you have a little bit more, How petty. I think you have a little, I think you have a little bit more to worry about right now than uh, whether or not the media is putting out that he's a starting kicker versus just another kicker, kicker on the team. So they can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned on that front. Um, but they're guilty. <laughs> exactly. Guilty I mean, party they didn't address it, like that. They didn't address anything else in the entire article, which, you know, talked about how there's, you know, lack of, you know, COVID-19 protocols and, and players walking around with positive tests and all that stuff. But that's what they point out. Get out of here. So going back to what the actual story is about, um, EKU, the kicker Landon White, I believe his name is, goes out on, on Instagram and says, uh, I don't feel safe here on campus. The coaches don't care. The head coach only cares about the $500,000 payout that we're going to get when we play Western, uh, West Virginia up in Morgantown this, you know, just in a, later this month um, that, you know, there, there are players walking around with COVID right now. We haven't tested since July 6 or something crazy like that said, I mean, said that it's just, it's just an absolute chaotic mess within the, the Eastern Kentucky football program. So that happened. I talked to, couple friends of friends I somehow have a couple sources within the EKU football program and I got some statements from them and so, Jack, what was that was source that say that was a, sorry 
the source uh, would say. That was cringy. I'm sorry. Zach I'm is sorry. a journalist with a capital J. He's a journalist nerd. Is what he is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You okay. You okay. Don't apologize no, for being a professional. You own it. Anyway, I talked to a couple people within the program, a couple players, one that may or may not have already quit the team today. Um, they gave us statement, gave KSR a statement on what's going on. One of them said, things are fine, nothing to see here, move along. The other came out and was like, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with what this kid's saying. We haven't tested since July twenty, July six. Um, you know, we're having all these team meetings. No masks are being wa- worn. Uh, there was one instance that there was a practice where two players were, you know, a couple of players were on the field showing symptoms of COVID, and the coaches said, uh, "You guys need to go home." And then they ran, came, they ran practice like nothing happened. They just, you know, a couple kids walking around on the field with COVID-like symptoms, and they just continued things like nothing happened, just sent those kids home. So they, you know, two stories backed up that things are not going well. Off the record, there were a couple things that they were like, yeah, things are just, you know, little little, little, little troublesome within the EKU football program right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's not a, good, not a good look right now, and I'm hoping that we don't see similar things at UK and, you know, other places across the country, whistleblowers saying, hey, Things aren't as good as they seem, you know, on the on the public, with uh, you know the public eye. Things are things are looking pretty poor, and I think that's exactly what happened with EKU. And it's sad. It's really sad to hear because this is such an important time to really put health and safety first. And when we hear things like this, where it certainly sounds like that's not necessarily been the case, I'm sure there's you know there's obviously several sides to every story, but this is just really not the time to sort of play around with people without putting their health and safety first this you know I mean we've seen plenty of young people get this disease and be totally fine but it it really only takes one I mean no one no one should should have these symptoms or anything like that if 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 they can at all help it and that's why when we when we don't see these precautions being taken that's it's pretty upsetting I think and the kid that quit today was a you know this was going to be his last year he was a redshirt junior he was going to graduate in the spring you know, two year starter with the program. This is not a kid that was like trying to actively leave the program and, 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 you know, lost his starting job or whatever, or, you know, fell out of love with the sport. This is a kid that had one year of eligibility remaining desperately wanted to play this year. And he decided that because the COVID protocols were so bad within the program that he gave all, gave his last year of of college eligibility up because of this. Like, I mean, that, that's a pretty freaking big deal. If you ask me. Well, let's say, what if everything gets canceled? Then he's got that year year back. That's fair. That's yeah. I mean, I yeah, think that, I think a lot totally of kids fair. are going to start. I think they're taking that, take those type of things into account because uh, you're seeing what was there was a running back, a star running back for whoever said he wasn't going to play uh, the other day, something like that. So there's like players, more and more players are going to 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 do stuff like that, and even in the NFL, they're starting to do it, and they're making money. So, you know, if players, they're, they're, the players have the power and they've started, they've slowly started to learn that over the last decade or so. And this is the, uh, the ultimate time to start flexing it. So if they don't feel that they're, you know, if their safety is being taken into account, they're going to let it know and they're going to go straight, straight to social media and they're going to have their coach come out and have to address it. The, the TCU thing just happened the other day with Gary Patterson, like, and that's not even, you know, more COVID related. That was just Gary Patterson being a dumb racist idiot. So there's a lot of 
I guess, uh, reasons for all these, these kids to want to do all this stuff. Yeah. And it's just another thing to keep an eye on. Obviously I feel like we've been watching this, these stories continue to develop over the past couple of weeks and they're really not going anywhere. I don't think anything is going anywhere until we have a vaccine at this point. So just more stuff for us to keep an eye on, which is always fun. Um, does anyone, yeah. Anyone have anything they want to wrap things up with? I think we could do pits and peaks again. My favorite game. We got about Um, nine minutes or so. We can do pits and peaks. I think we need to talk about Benny Snell and and the two keys tavern. Oh, we got, we got to talk about Benny Snell. We do. Okay. I think we need to, we need to, us three together, we need to, or even the entire Kentucky sports radio community, we need to come together and give one, I'm sure Benny has some sort of idea and plan, but we need to change his mind and make him, you know, what if two keys was like a bowling alley or um, I don't know what a, a laser tag place. Would you go to Benny Snell's laser tag place at the old two keys tavern? 26 yeah. tag, something like that. 20, sure. There you go. No, yeah. he can open no? that separately if he wants. Snell, yeah, bowling. Two keys is gross. Let's just let's just go ahead and talk. Let's just throw <laughs> all this out here. Two keys is disgusting. It's gross. The bathroom floors are sticky. I honestly, to this day, even when I was 21 years old, I didn't understood understand why people went there. And the I'm fishbowl, Zach. It's because of the yeah, fishbowl. I have a fishbowl downstairs from when I went there when I was 21. That's, yeah, on that's, birthday, so you can get yeah, it for half because off. Because it's a rite of passage thing that apparently is, it's like being in a frat. You just have to do it or something. But, you know, and I did it. But guess what? I am not even remotely upset that that place is gone. Uh, I am just because of the history. I was a big tin roof girl. I, I didn't go to, to two keys that much. You look, like, you look like a tin roof girl. Thank you. Live music. Oh, my gosh. Two keys has live music, too. Yeah, yeah it's more country, though. And, you know, Does, do they have a live music joint in their name? No. That's true. Exactly. All I'm saying is Certainly. that's something you hear about all the time. I mean, my grandparents knew about Two Keys. My mom went to Two Keys when she was in school there. I'm sure, you know, everyone has a couple Two Keys stories. So, so that's have a family history of people that like to drink. Yeah, you could say that at Two Keys specifically. So that's why I think it's sad because people miss, miss that sort of history. It's a landmark on campus. There's a lot of stuff that's gone from when all of them went to school there. I mean, Kennedy's is gone. Those um, Kerwin Blending Towers are being taken down right now. But it's kind of sad. When they take all the stuff down that was there when we were there, I'll be bummed about it. I get it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm in favor of a, of a Benny Snell partnership. Do what? I think all the all that old stuff is gross. I'm so glad it's gone. Kennedy's was disgusting. Those 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 towers were the ugliest skyline that I, I can't believe we had those up for so long. I'm so glad those are gone. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> Zach is like Mr. Party Pooper of sentimental value. Like, I don't know. Jesus. I just don't understand why we're we're reminiscing on all these mediocre places like two keys is some great thing. It's about the history and it's about the thought of what two keys is, not what it actually is. Yeah. Well, yeah. It doesn't boil down to just a, a $2 beer or whatever it was. It's about the experience. And I will what, say what those, they had the, the community. They had the $10 all you can drink Thursdays or whatever. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good deal. Not a bad you, could deal. Have, you could have like 25 drinks if you really wanted to. There was like, you yeah. only got, you only got a sticker for 10 or a thing for 10, but you could get as many drinks as you wanted. See, clearly you have some two keys stories of your own, Zach. And oh, I hope oh, that he restores it, and then he can open up a little laser tag, whatever you were saying. And I'll go. So, Benny Snell's champs, 2.0. <laughs> 
Oh, that's funny. Well, I don't know if you all have been on his TikTok, but his TikTok is pretty, pretty high quality content. We've got it up on the website. So check that out too. But TikTok's Plug. pretty funny. Plug. Yeah, I actually had to download. Who wrote it, by the way? Oh, um, it was me. Oh, Ooh. okay, cool. What's her name? That's good enough. Martha. Yes, Martha Davis. Martha. <laughs> Martha Davis. Yeah, I Margaret to Martha Davis. TikTok and make an account just to make that post because I saw like one of them on Twitter and I was like pretty good so I went in like a little rabbit hole but I couldn't put the posts from TikTok onto KSR unless I had an account so I'm on TikTok now don't follow me I'm not going to do anything else on it so uh, one of those darn I, I was just reaching for my phone to, to, to follow you I know Drats. that's why I just wanted to give you a heads up I mean I know you're really busy doing Fair. laundry and washing that shirt that you wear like every other day. But when you're not doing that, I know you're on TikTok. Watch it. <laughs> you do I'll, not. Like, you know, I'll wash it like right now. No, it's a lucky shirt. He's not supposed to wash it. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's, you all it's are saying you don't need to shower every day. It's my media day. shirt. Jack's, and Jack's down here wearing the same shirt every day. That's way worse. I do shower. Jack doesn't shower and- I wear it for 20 minutes. Yeah, he's wow. gross. That's disgusting. 20 minutes. Wear it for 20 minutes. Devin Booker would not be- Boo-hoo, I'm sitting. People shouldn't be doing laundry at all right now. Everybody's just sitting around the house doing nothing. I'm, I'm totally- What? Just, I, I was just trying to come up with Jack, his Jack back take. Jack admitted that he sits in his dirty clothes all day because it's quarantine. That's not true. He's like, no one's doing laundry, right? And collectively, America. Yeah. No, Isn't that everybody right now? We all agree to not do laundry for the next. That's not a pact I signed. We got a couple minutes here. Let's do Let's do pit or peak. All right. What do you all got? Any pits and peaks? It's been a good week. <laughs> I ain't got no peaks. They really just tie together. They do. I mean, they basketball do. is back, and I will say, I've all I've done, all I do now from about one o'clock to midnight every single day, is uh, turn on all of my TVs and just let the games run. Your TV setup, should, that should be your peak because your TV setup for these NBA games is honestly flawless. I'll give you that. I know. I it's know. pretty good. Strangers, yeah. strangers think it's odd when they walk in my house, but. And they're like, why do you need four TVs? And you're like, because sometimes there are a lot of games on at once, duh. And I say, and I say, because I do this for a living, and then they laugh at me. And you're like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> you should just say like, oh, I watch a lot of sitcoms. <laughs> like something, <laughs> not, not, I, I can't miss them. They're or like soap operas. There's an episode, <laughs> like everything's on at once. <laughs> gotta, gotta get the Ellen show in every day. <laughs> All four different episodes of The Office going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any pits or peaks for y'all? Um, I re-listened to the 30 for 30 podcast about Donald Sterling with Ram Ramona Shelburne, the Sterling Affairs. It was really good. I had to drive to Louisville the other day and it's like, you know, it's like a five-ish hour or a five-hour sort of deal. And so, you know, I got into it on my way down and back that day. And then I was like, well, I'm already three episodes in. I got to refinish the last two. And it was just, just as good of a story as I thought it was going to be. But I was reminded that V. Stiviano, the girl in the middle of all of this with, with her visor shield, was ahead of her times. Do you all know what I'm talking about? I'll show you a picture. Do you remember no her visors? So when all this was going on and she was like the center of the media attention for like, you know, outing her sugar daddy as a racist and like changing the NBA, which is crazy. If you don't know this story, you should listen to this podcast. It's really well done. But she was, she met, started wearing these face masks 
so that the media couldn't take pictures of her, but she was coordinating them with her outfits. Can you see these? Uh, oh, that's she's ahead of her time. Ahead innovative. of her time. She's so she's very pretty. She's already quarantine ready. She's ready to. Yeah, I found this one, right which I don't know why she was cowgirl themed, but like that's pretty good. And so I, I went down this whole rabbit hole of V Stiviano's outfits with her visors, and I had a good time. So I'd say that's probably my pit and my peak. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We should we should try and emulate her style and bring it to quarantine fame. Mask up, everybody. Zach, you got a pit or a peak? Oh wait. My name's Jack. Um, oh, sorry, and I think yeah. yeah. both of you are Jack now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hmm. I'd say my pit. Hmm. This guy has to be. The you know what? It's been a good week. It's been a good week. I don't. I don't have any pits. Uh, you know, th things are going good. Things are going very well. Um, in my peak, yeah, definitely Devin Booker. That magical moment last night. I finally got around to watching that. Watching the Celtics bas basketball has been a dream. I, I mean, being able to complain about the refs every single day. Oh man, I miss that. I, I really do. I mean. I do, oh, I do enjoy our, our group text throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah, We're it's a lot of fun. really brought us together. We did. Wow. Yeah, it did. Wow, it plus did. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I think we're going to get kicked off the Zoom call in just a minute anyway. So thanks for watching another edition of The Max. We'll be back again next week. Have a good one.